Hello guys, and thank you for tuning in. This is Vorishan of Vintage Vorishan, vintage curator, stylist, and upcycle designer. Thank you for tuning in. Please follow my Instagram pages at Vorishan and vintage underscore Vorishan. V-O-R-A-C-H-O-N. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to the five-part interview series on social media, online games, and interactions. I will be chatting about online bullying, social media stress, and their benefits or consequences. So I'm here today with Alison Ongaro, jewelry designer and artisan. Thank you for your time. So we're going to commence the series, but before we do that, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Allison Ungaro. I'm the owner of Personage, a storytelling fashion brand about historically marginalized communities. I've been making jewelry since I was 16 years old, but I originally started my career in politics. However, when I was doing different political internships, I would catch myself doing designs and I realized I needed to pivot careers. So here I am. <laughs> Yay! We love that for you. You made the right decision. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, since we are discussing online bullying, have you ever been a victim of online bullying yourself? Yes. So, I had, during the 2016 political pre- presidential campaign, I had a lot of issues with people on Facebook. Okay about since I was working for Hillary Clinton at the time I was doing an internship for her campaign I had a lot of problems with um, Trump supporters and they would who doesn't right (laughs) (laughs) yo there's people who don't know any but like they would (laughs) they would come up on my post and call me pretentious and elitist and sometimes insult my friends too so I had to block a lot of them and some were my family members too so that was kind of awkward but I mean, I guess that time really revealed a lot about our current system. Yeah, and it and still then, does. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, I also, unfortunately, was once a bully. Um, so I think, so when I was 13, I loved Gossip Girl and I made a Gossip Girl web page about my oh, middle Lord. school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> made a website <laughs> um so i think we have to definitely be mindful of what we're putting out there because kids are watching and i thought it was a great idea to make like a fake crush list about everyone in my middle school i got suspended so i mean obviously like i got my payback but <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah okay well i didn't mean to laugh at you but um that is <laughs> that that is an ultimate law of nature karma um <laughs> which we're, we all go through by the way guys so don't be a bully and if you are a victim of bullying try to avoid it especially through social media but let's talk about the benefits now what do you think are the benefits of having social media and especially in relation to your industry of course so um i think social media is really great for starting a business without it i wouldn't have been able to start one at 23 so it really has given me access to an audience access to learn about how to even get started in my industry. I think there's the beautiful thing is a lot of people put 
their experiences out there so you can learn from mentors online. And I, I feel really grateful to have this privilege, especially when I talk to my 80 year old like my aunt in her 80s because it really mm-hmm. just puts things she wanted to be a fashion designer but you know things weren't as accessible as they are to me now so I think like social media is a really great equalizer in that sense right and we're so lucky to be living in an era where equality is more um, accessible and I feel like equality includes social media yeah you know with sure. um, with with you know Instagram and all the other Facebook, Twitter, all the other ones out there. But uh, what do you feel like is the best slash positive entertainment in terms of social media? Which platform is the most entertaining to you? At the moment, I'm really enjoying TikTok. Okay. I I think it has the most organic reach. It feels really authentic and you can see people's personality more. And I like (laughs) that you can you're forced to watch a whole video instead of skipping parts of it so I think that's really important um and I it's not as curated as other platforms like I think Instagram has kind of for some people has become a very curated space um and then I think sometimes Twitter can be a lot of information all at once so I think TikTok has that nice balance well it depends obviously on your algorithm and what you're liking right because that's how they all work but um, I think it's just like a nice refresher of like, everyone's like kind of depressed, but kind of makes fun of it. But then it's really talented. So you're like, wow, that's <laughs> really That's funny. Nice. That's funny you're mentioning this because um, I feel like um, with this time, everyone has been using TikTok. So everyone but me. So every like, I feel like you're convincing <laughs> me now to get a TikTok. <laughs> you should. Let's see those vintage pieces out there, please. Oh my god, yeah, I have to, I don't, I feel like, um, visual, like, movement is very different from my curated, like you said, um, Instagram is, is my platform, which Mm -hmm. I have just relied on because I have met great people Mm -hmm. through Instagram too. So have, have you met anyone directly through any social media platforms? So I actually got my last internship because of social media. So the... Yeah, so the brand I worked for, um, his jewelry brand's about the African diaspora, okay. called Kyrie, and um, we had mutual friends, so that's how I originally found out about him, but I was, like, following his journey on Instagram, so I decided to, like, add him on Facebook, and he accepted, and I was like, oh my god, so then I messaged him um, to meet up, and he, he, didn't, he saw it, but he didn't respond, so I was like, okay, whatever, so then I messaged him on LinkedIn. And I don't know, oh LinkedIn God. doesn't tell you if they if they res- they see it. So whatever. So then I, every time he would upload a post, I would like it and comment. So every new recent wow. post. Yeah. So then he finally. Yes, persistence. <laughs> <laughs> so then he DM'd me and he was like, hey, like I, I've noticed that you've been messaging me. Do you want to meet up and go to a buyer meeting and we can talk? And I was like, I would love that. So we went to the buyer meeting, which was really cool. And then after I, I helped him because I like tried on some jewelry to help him with the buyer. And then afterwards he was like, hey, do you want to work with me? And I was like, yes, I would love that. So that's how I got my last internship. <laughs> See, it doesn't hurt kids to be persistent. Um, I guess it's another alternative to reaching out to people. You know, you, you hit up someone once. It's not as effective as hitting them up multiple times. And 
this yeah. I, I would say is a good solution to connecting with people yeah and he even mentioned that he was like I really liked that you were persistent and because a lot of people message me every day but the fact that you kept showing up and you did it in like a respectful way where it was very like obviously I was interested in his brand and I wasn't being like harassing like I wasn't like right. really hard but it was like a nice balance of being persistent but also like respectful so that's an effective way to yeah. connect with people but what do you believe is a solution to decreasing online bullying so my favorite social media book <laughs> um <laughs> is called influence building your personal brand in the age of social media by Brittany hennessy and in the book yes i highly recommend it to anyone with who needs social media for their business or anyone trying to be an influencer or just like have a social media presence but in it when she talks about how to deal with haters she said that exposing people's bad behavior on your platforms is efficient because it show first it you can debunk any lie that they're, the bully or whoever is coming at you is saying and then it gives your audience then you can also control the narrative and then your audience is able to see that and then any brands you're working with or is interested in you sees how you handle conflict and knows that like you're very authentic and what you're stand for so i think confronting it and exposing it is the most important way to handle it i like that so i guess what i've been doing all along has been right so i i usually <laughs> take it to the next step <laughs> i i i am um, go through a plan <laughs> Of just deleting everyone and um and I'll screenshot it and I'll be I'm going to unfollow this person and this person and this person. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, guys. That that is also retaliation, which is a version of bullying, by the way, because you know you're letting you're letting them know you're you're feeding into that whole system of what bullying is. You know, like a bully. It's kind of like a playground bully who pushes you. Yeah. And they want the you. They oh. want you to say something. Yeah, in the book, she um, the example she gave was this influencer who someone was accusing her of buying followers. So then she posted the emails on her Instagram story saying, "This is false. I am not buying followers." And then the person who was emailing her ended up apologizing. Oh well, so. good for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but speaking about you know online bullying, how do you feel like your industry and position can help address online bullying? I think the fashion industry's way of bullying people has been through exclusion. Okay. So I think when even when we start our brands or how we address ourselves on social media, we need to choose like a niche because there's still so much to fix in this industry. So for me personally, I wanted to focus on storytelling in marginalized communities. So what does that mean? So with my collection and homage to hoops, since it's about celebrating women of color's contribution to hoop earrings, I wanted to show all the different types of women of color that have been wearing hoops and have been embodying it and the historical narratives behind it and how powerful it was because at one point I remember people were calling black women, Latino, Latinx women, ghetto ratchet for wearing these mm-hmm. hoops. So I thought it was really important that we reclaim that narrative. And and I, like my ex-boss, um, Kyrie, with his jewelry brand, I love that he's talking about the African diaspora. I love how Ashley Graham and Paloma 
also are talking about being plus size models. And I think just making sure you understand your niche in the fashion industry, addressing those and helping them feel beautiful really helps. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're, you're right with that. I have been following your work and your stories in terms of what your brand represents. And I think that that is a direction that most emerging brands are headed in. You know, that means more representation of marginalized communities and groups. And I especially noticed that during this time, since we've been in a quarantine and lockdown for this unfortunate event, I feel like there's more interaction with all groups, all, all diverse backgrounds coming together. And I feel like it's either increased in terms of interaction or decreased. But I think that more so increased. And what do you think? Do you think that social media interaction has increased since the quarantine began? Yeah, I think we're very privileged that we have social media during this time mm-hmm. because unfortunately, yes, stay home, y'all, please. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good way to get people to still feel connected to other people. And I I find myself scrolling on TikTok more, obviously, and so do a lot of my friends. But I think it's good that we can still use these platforms to find communities, to still find new friends. like. I know like Hinge is really promoting video chat dates. So I think, yes, it's definitely mm. increased. And I think it's actually something that we can use to our benefit. And we're lucky this quarantine's happening when we have this these platforms available to us rather than if they were to happen before the internet. We're in an era. <laughs> yeah, we're in an era where everything is so modern that we rely on the digital dominance. You know, I think mm. that this is going to be the direction we're headed and we're gonna have to eventually start communicating this way only and i don't know that might just be me because i really i am one of those people that rely on digital interaction what have you learned from your experiences with online bullying i think that um our words are really important and we just need to be mindful of what we're putting out there we can't control everyone so like have empathy for yourself have empathy for others um i mean obviously like don't (laughs) stick around to the bullying like block them if you need to do what you have to but i think also just being authentic showing that there's no such thing as perfection and i mean i feel i remember when i was getting bullied in in high school i was really glad that i had platforms where I could see people that looked like me like Desi Perkins that she was being really successful on YouTube and then watching like Chris Lem and I'm Jenna on YouTube it was really nice to see a Latina a Latinx woman and two Asian Americans like becoming successful in the fashion industry and that gave me a lot of hope so okay so that all depends on the person you know when when they think positive hopefully that's what they're going to see reflected in front of them through the screen you know and I personally think that there is a bad time and a good time to rely on social media interaction so when do you think is a bad time to rely on social media interaction so I don't think there is a bad time but I do think you have to be mindful of how much time you're putting into it okay so I love social media and I think it has a lot of benefits it's created the ability to have community I found so many great pages on it like this recent page I found 
um, lessons from a quitter on TikTok. She was talking about the different reasons we procrastinate. There tends to be an emotional trigger to why someone's procrastinating. And I think that's so mm-hmm. important that she's, yeah. And I think that's so important that that content's out there, especially because so many people are probably running away from something when they're procrastinating and probably are using social media to do that. So I think you can actually find something good and useful on social media. And there's like a lot of therapy pages too. But I think you just have to make sure you have to check up on yourself and be like, okay, like how many hours am I spending a day on this? Do I, am I okay with that? How do you feel like the Latinx and LGBTQ plus communities have come together to help prevent cyberbullying? So I think that I'm really glad that there's communities for the Latinx and LGBTQ community that debunk a lot of racism and homophobia. So two of my favorite pages specifically are Bad Dominicana and Migrant Scribbles. Um, Yeah, Bad Dominicana, her name's Zahira. She's Dominican and she started her journey by talking about domestic abuse. And she advocates for Afro-Latinx women and she advocates for um, queer communities as well and I really admire all the work she's done and she does, takes a, a, a she confronts a lot of racism and bullying online a lot and so does a migrant scribble he his name's Alan Perez Lopez and he confronts um, undocumented rights and afro-indigenous rights for the Latinx community and I think the Latinx community since we have so many races it's mm-hmm. important that we talk about these things and I'm glad there are pages especially because we're still really there's we're still a really racist ethnicity and we still have a lot of homophobia so i'm glad that there are these resources out there for people to learn that okay just because my parents or my great or my grandparents think this i don't have to think this so i i'm glad we can influence the younger community like that and also like venmo these people like they're spending a lot of time to put this content out there so like wow. i've been with them before so support people who are talking about these, these topics you know that's very positive intense. yeah yeah okay so everyone um let's continue on supporting each other and we loved really hearing about your experiences allison i want to thank you for your time so before we wrap this up can you please tell us a little bit about any upcoming projects that you have and where everyone can follow you yes so you can follow me at personage nyc it's the same handle across all platforms twitter tiktok instagram um LinkedIn <laughs> and um, uh, some so I'm going to be finishing up an homage to hoops I have a couple of mini collections for that and a permanent collection will be launching later in the year and then some future collections is going to be about subway graffiti t- trains and then um, some self-love rings so stay tuned for those all right don't forget to follow Allison Hey guys, welcome back to our fifth and final part of the five-part interview series on social media, online games, and interactions. I'll be chatting about online bullying, social media stress, and their benefits or consequences. So I'm here today with Serena, a friend who I met through a mobile game called Game of Sultans about a year ago in April 2019. Thank you for your time. Before we commence this series, can you please tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, My name again is Serena. I am a nurse. 
and I've spent the past eight years or so working in medical research. I study traumatic brain injuries in athletes. However, I went into nursing because of Hurricane Katrina, and given the current pandemic, I decided to go back on the clinical floor. So I work in part at a drive-up testing facility, and the other part is working in advice hotline for COVID-19. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with your answers. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) very good. So let's just jump right in. Online bullying. Have you ever been a part of it? And have you witnessed it, experienced it yourself, either one, both? Well, definitely both. Now, I am old. So (laughs) most of my bullying has been regular old face-to-face, road-on-the-bathroom-wall bullying type in school. (laughs) But um, online bullying was something I never expected to experience as an adult. Uh, Unfortunately, I have both witnessed and uh, been a victim of online bullying, specifically through Game of Sultans, where we met, and then the channels Mm -hmm. that go along with it on Discord, the other app. So... Little girls. Uh, yes. <laughs> it was very eye-opening. Um, yeah. I, for what I've witnessed, um, as specifically with you, actually, I've sure. seen people be very rude, dismissive. Uh, it seems that a lot of adults, now these are all other adults that are playing this game with us. Yes. And they seem to have a very limited social experience. Um, Mm. maybe they haven't been around a lot of different people and different personalities Uh, they don't know how to act with a lot of tact I've found where if you know if you're at a dinner party you're in a social situation with new people you're going to be polite generally first of all and no one seems to have that kind of formal background training (laughs) that's unfortunate yeah (laughs) you have people that come up and you're not quite sure how to handle them people are really rude off the cuff uh really you know i don't like what you're saying and they'll talk around you and they'll make it a point to talk around you like i've seen that yeah they'll see you in the chat and then say someone else's name they might answer the question but they'll call someone else out to make it clear i'm not interacting with you you rub me the wrong way and it's yeah like what we're all trying to be social um it's it's a weird passive aggressive sort of a thing i've found it's funny because they do have tact with playing the game itself, but not so much with the interaction part, you know, because there's a downside and there's also benefits to Game of Sultans. And what do you think are the benefits of playing Game of Sultans? Uh, well, the benefits on, on a surface level, it's a game. So games are fun. They should be fun. Yeah. Um, you're, you know, sort of taking a break from your daily life. Uh, I also really like history. So the initial Ooh, draw me for too. me. Yes. <laughs> Which I love. Um, yes. That was sort of the initial draw for both of us was the historical aspects, which as you keep playing, they kind of go by the wayside, but it was initially interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also really, I think it's a soothing game. It doesn't take a lot of skill. It's very repetitive and that's soothing. It's sort of, you can click around. It's like a little online Zen garden almost. You're like, I'm going to go, collect some coins i'm gonna go collect some wheat like Mm -hmm. you know pretty mindless you have your little tasks to do and you do it and it's kind of fun that way and then on a social level i think there's a benefit if you're not being bullied (laughs) 
it's a <laughs> great community to be a part of and uh, get to know new people if you're open to it. I think it's a really unique experience, uh, especially in your union, so to speak. Yes, um, and this, which you're still a part of. Yes, I am still okay. a part of the union. Um, and it's, yeah, if I if I wasn't a part of the union, I probably wouldn't still play. It's not that okay. interesting to me uh, on our server in general. I think it's still very um, catty, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I still kind of get be. brought up randomly where I mind my own business and, and I'll see my name and I'm like, okay. <laughs> or you're at, or um, what is it called? Your alias. They'll, they'll see your yes. alias, but you know, we go by aliases on, on the server. Yes. Um. And so I've always been a variation of a witch, which people really kind of <laughs> ran with and I'm evil. <laughs> I think they, you know, generally. Yeah. No, like they just can't you. handle people like you. They can't, you know, and by pe- people like you, I mean by special and unique people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was and you know, mom club. <laughs> not the mommy club is what I used to call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that would be specifically talking about games and, you know, with Game of Sultans. Now, talking about the broader sense of social media, you know, you being in healthcare, how can social media raise awareness for the healthcare industry? Well, I think uh, if you look at the current situation now, yes, uh, the pandemic specifically, you have people in a position, myself, if I so chose, I can report from the front lines. I can say, hey, our clinic doesn't have masks and I'm coming into work every day. You're Mm -hmm. able to give that update in real time. You look at, you know, for example, going back again to Hurricane Katrina. The reporters from the front line were literally reporters. They weren't healthcare staff. They were mm. people selected to be on camera to talk about a specific incident. Where in this situation, you have people that are able to actually report things in real time. And that's, that's sort of fascinating to look at, too, when even, you know, 30 years ago, it wasn't that long ago. But my parents, they're getting the news from the paper every day. They're getting the news mm-hmm. from their local news, like, I mean, local news stations reporting, like, local channels, not even CNN or a national news network. You're looking at local reporting. So the dynamic has changed in a very short amount of time with the availability of real-time information, and people can't really alter that. When you make a statement and they have you on camera, your statement is what it is for better or for worse. And Mm -hmm. I think for healthcare workers, that's positive in the sense that you can report your truth and your message won't get changed. Uh, And I think that's, that's a positive. There's definitely drawbacks, but um, for us being able to raise awareness for the healthcare industry, I think it's only a positive. Right. And you guys are doing a much better job than, politicians you know we won't mention sure. certain <laughs> names <laughs> but uh, you know there are yeah. a lot of people who are, who are not doing very presidential things yeah that's all i can say yeah and there's <laughs> and they're that's... using social media i'm like okay is that really coming from the mouth of someone who has such a high um high title yeah and it's it's very unfortunate and a lot of my job actually i don't i try to stay away from watching certain press conferences but i know during the day when one's happening because the phone calls will increase with really bizarre situations and really bizarre questions about bleach let's say should I swallow bleach will this cure me if I have a sore throat and I'm like oh (laughs) god what happened while I was at work you know (laughs) uh, 
it's really oh know, that's not of, funny yeah but uh, it's, I, I guess mean, it, it can be <laughs> yeah if you can't laugh you'll cry <laughs> yeah yeah so. this either, either one or the one or the other yeah <laughs> oh you know speaking about um information that you see on social media what are your own personal opinions about misinformation that you see about coronavirus through social media because there there's a lot out there oh yes tremendous amounts and it's sort of yeah. hard to pick what what's true what what can you believe that you read and mm -hmm. unfortunately right now um people have a tremendous need on social media to be first not correct oh i've been there <laughs> and yeah it's you know sort of facts are coming after the fact which in a general situation is irritating but right now it's actually lethal so it's oh, really okay. yeah you know it's frustrating but i I'm happy to be a part of it in the sense that I expected my job to be screening people for testing, but most of my job is dispelling misinformation. And so oh, wow. yeah. uh, I, I enjoy that, I, but it's very frustrating to be fighting against that, especially when the misinformation is coming from some of the higher uh, positions of authority that we do have. Mm -hmm. And to tell people, I'm sorry, that's not correct. And that, well, I just saw, you know, so-and-so say it. It's like, <laughs> or you're not sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, that's great, but science. Yeah. So. <laughs> Those are all uh, facts. Yeah. It's, it's very frustrating, but uh, I think, again, going back to being able to report in real time, uh, you're mm -hmm. able to fight against it, but it, it, in a way, it's sort of like shouting into the wind sometimes because there's only so many times I can say something. I'm only one person. And right people that might believe that are gonna tend to believe that no matter what uh <laughs> no matter what well, i say unfortunately but sometimes that all, that's all it takes is is one person to change the course of history or the course of a game server yes <laughs> <laughs> and anyway. that is true right. it's a good yes. i mean yeah it's a good challenge it, i think probably the most <laughs> the frustrating part for me with this is that the misinformation it's it's lethal you're dealing with people's lives right now it's not dramatic it's lethal it's yeah you know yeah. you have people that still in some ways think this is a hoax they think oh i'm you know social distancing doesn't apply to me still when we're seeing all these hmm. deaths and all these infections and there's foolishness i mean the personal Fools. effects of your choices yeah they're lethal it's not you know it's not funny it's not i'm I'm an anarchist. I'm going against the grain. I'm, you know, wearing my Doc Martens. Like, no, you're you're fooling with people's lives right now. So yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. they don't know any. They don't know any better. Um, you know that that means that they're they're bullying in real life in, in one way or the <laughs> other. You know, they're using mis they're using incorrect information to put other people down just so they can be number one. And yes, talking about bullying in general. Let's talk about online bullying again. What do you think? What do you think is a solution to decrease online bullying? Hopefully, well, it's like with regular life. I'm mm -hmm. trying to apply psychology. I get in my own head about, well, why would this person say this? Why are they triggered? Why are they reacting this way? But Ooh, does it? I mean, it does <laughs> it decrease it though. You know, it, it's mm. it de-escalates my response, but it's not solving the problem right unfortunately yeah. i mean i if there's a situation that i need to stand up for i will uh you really have to pick your battles but 
with online bullying, I try and keep in mind uh, one thing that you can utilize. And I wish you could do it in real life. If I had three wishes, this would be one of my real life wishes. Mm-hmm. Is that life came with a block or a mute button. Because oh. I would use it all the time. But you can yeah. use it online. And does it ultimately solve online bullying? No. But it removes you from the toxic nature. It removes mm-hmm. you from that response. It removes you from that cycle. And at some point, I would imagine the bully's going to get tired of talking to a wall. So Right. I oh, ignoring that. But yeah, it's, you know, I'm not going to keep giving it air. I'm going to block. And I think like that's that. my best solution. Yeah, I wish I learned that sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to tell you, I tried. <laughs> yeah, you and our union leader, um, Jennifer, who I interviewed in the previous episode. Yes. yes. Um, so, um, you know, talking about your industry, how do you feel like the industry you work in and position can help address online bullying is there anything is that a platform even or maybe not or if it isn't do you think that that would be a possibility uh i i definitely think it could be um Mm -hmm. it you really have to be sensitive when you have patients coming in we're sort of trained to look for signs of abuse and that typically you're looking at children you might be looking at women i've also become very sensitive to men that was actually a huge issue in louisiana was abused men Um, So you're sort of trained to look at these things and you really have to recognize online bullying and that stress is a form of abuse. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes in and you might discount it, uh, typically, if you've never experienced it yourself, but let's say you're treating a teenager and they seem really sullen, really withdrawn and they open up, you know, I've, I've been bullied online. Someone started a Facebook group against me you really have to recognize that as a real life stress, a real life mental health trigger. Mm -hmm. So in our position, we need to learn to recognize those as, as valid as someone mentally abusing you in your house. That is just as valid. Right. That is awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. I I feel that uh, it's, you really need to be sensitive to that. It's definitely easy to, blow off or not take it as a real concern um but i feel like medical professionals are definitely in some ways held to higher standards and i agree with that for sure that's a great expectation to have and you definitely have to keep leading by example in a lot of situations like if i have a patient that has a diagnosis let's say of heart disease and i'm going over healthier habits with them and sort of reworking their diet and it's a lot of information uh, to take in at once. Let's sure. say they walk outside and they see me standing by my car smoking a cigarette. Right. Any of that good I just did with them is going to go out the window. It's going, they're going to not take me seriously. No advice I gave is going to stick. They're going to look at me like a hypocrite. So <laughs> yeah, you really need to be that higher example and hold yourself to that high standard as well. And I think in a position Um, like this, you can also look at bullying and taking the high road and being a better example in that way too. You just sort of have to remember that when you clock out, your job's not over and Mm. keep that high standard for yourself. Okay. Wow. 